from Washington, D.C., this is On the Ground. U.S. presidential candidate Cornel West speaks in D.C. about the urgency of pursuing peace in Ukraine and about the urgency of opposing U.S. imperialism. The gangsters who run the American empire, they'll do anything to procure their profits. They'll do anything in the names of lies and crimes and mendacity and criminality to trivialize the suffering of precious brothers and sisters around the world. And one day after someone threw two Molotov cocktails onto the grounds of the Cuban embassy here, Cuba's supporters gathered there to denounce the attack and demand that the U.S. remove Cuba off its list of so-called sponsors of terrorism. Let's show the world that love, unity, and justice will always prevail over hate. Let Cuba live. Let Cuba live. Let Cuba live. Let Cuba live. Welcome to On the Ground, onthegroundshow.org, Voices of Resistance from the Nation's Capital. I'm Esther Ivarum. Well, on today's show, coverage of two powerful actions here in Washington, D.C. First, a speech given by U.S. presidential candidate Cornel West on the program, The Urgency of Pursuing Peace in Ukraine. The program was sponsored October 3rd by Code Pink Women for Peace, the Answer Coalition, and many other organizations. West was introduced by Medea Benjamin, co-founder of Code Pink, and Eugene Prayer of Breakthrough News. So now we're going to uh, have our keynote speaker tonight. And I don't know about you, but I am so excited that this treasure of a human being is running for president. When you look at the two other people that might very well be the candidates for the Democrats and Republicans, and you see Joe Biden and Donald Trump, you think, what the heck is wrong with our country? What the heck is wrong with our country? And then comes along this beautiful human being who says that he's going to run and says that there is hope for this country because there are people around the country who want to see an end to war, who want to see the real needs of human beings being met, and who wants to move us to what the poster right there says that Anahita is holding up with Dr. Cornell's face right there, which is truth, justice, and love. I don't think I really need to say much about consistency, but it does feel a theme. The first time I saw Dr. Cornell West in Crampton Auditorium just up the road from here in 2004, I will date myself on that. But the fact of the matter is there's never really been a time where we need our figures of public note to stand up and to speak out and to be counted on the issues that matter. There's been no time for quite some time where those who stand up and speak out end up being persecuted by those who are friendly to all of the crimes going on around the world today. But when the mass media is silent, 
When the politicians are silent, that's when the people have to raise their voice to change the political climate in this country and around the world. It's possible, it can be done, and it absolutely will be done with all of us when we have great leaders and great people standing up for us and standing up against this war. Dr. Cornell West, please come to the stage. We're honored to be here alongside you. blessed to be here, but the crucial theme today is solidarity. We are in it together. We're focusing on the suffering of those friends who known called the wretched of the earth, and nothing is going to stop us, no matter how catastrophic the situation is, and no matter how dim and grim it looks. I want to begin by saluting my dear brother Eugene. I can see it's almost 20 years, brother. you strong as ever. Give it up for that brother. Love that brother. And that's Howard University, isn't it? Ooh, that's Stokely Carmichael, isn't it? That's Tony Morrison, isn't it? Lord, we ain't got to Donny Hathaway yet. Lord have mercy. And Roberta Flack. Mr. Medea. Oh, Anahita and I have a profound respect and love for you. Longevity of integrity with levels of courage and unbelievable determination with that smile still on your lovely face. Give it up for our dear sister, Medea. Nobody like her. Nobody like her. Sister Claudia, what a blessing to see you. You strong as ever. And somewhere I read you connected to Union Theological Seminary. Is that right? Yes, indeed. That's you and I connected to the great legacy of James Cone, Beverly Harrison. Katie Cannon. Oh, we can go on and on and on. Give it up for our dear sister Claudia. Indeed. Yes, what a blessing. What a blessing. And Brother Lee, Brother Lee. Oh, it's hard to get language for a comic artist whose heart flows with deep love and courage and still got his own distinctive style. Brother Lee, we salute you. Give it up for our brother. I want to begin with three epigraphs just in order to set the stage. Sonny Rollins once told me that he and Coltrane would get together and speak for hours. But they were always concerned about what was the relation of the present picture with the larger picture. That's the synecdochic imagination, a relation of parts and wholes relation of our present situation related to the past and the way in which pastness operates in the present such that we can be able to take a stand to authorize a better more visionary future that focus on poor and working people so I want to begin with an epigraph from the great W.B. Du Bois the greatest public intellectual in the history of the American Empire he was there at the founding of the United Nations in San Francisco, and on the way back in June 27, 1945, he wrote in the Chicago Defender, the leading black newspaper of the day. June 27, 1945, called The Winds of Time. He said, I envision, he almost says with tears in my eyes, I envision the emerging of a third world war with the American empire attempting to suppress Asia and strangle whole Russia. 
wife and part the legacy of the colonies. And the truncated character of the United Nations. And he made his way all the way to New York. And he told his very good friend, Paul Robeson, that we have got to launch an anti-war movement. But that anti-war movement must be but a moment in an anti-imperialist project, an anti-imperialist vision, an anti-imperialist analysis, an anti-imperialist praxis in the name of solidarity, which means it's going to cut across a whole lot of folk who disagree with each other, but they'll be in the same streets and go to the same jails. Oh, yes, and that's what's so deeply, deeply needed. Because W. Du Bois and Paul Robeson understood that so much of the history of the species is the history of organized greed and hatred and avarice and resentment and envy, structures of domination, oppression, subjugation, and unbelievable exploitation. And all we've ever had as a species are moments of interruption, moments of eruption. And that's when everyday people straighten their backs up. And any time everyday people straighten their backs up, they're going somewhere because the ruling class can't ride your back unless it's bent. Yeah. <laughs> That's courage. If all the virtues in the world are empty and shallow and hollow unless you don't have courage, which is the enabling virtue. And if we have any talk, about an anti-war movement, any talk about an anti-imperialist vision analysis and praxis, we have to have people who are in solidarity, who get beyond their petty differences and be able to hold hands symbolically and literally and fight by straightening your backs up. The brother used to play organ in my church on the chocolate, chocolate side of Sacramento and Shiloh Baptist Church. Name is Sylvester, but the world knows him for the genius that he is. His name is Sly Stone. He wrote a song called Stand. You've been sitting much too long. There's a permanent crease in your right and wrong. Stand. There's a cross for you to bear. Things to go through if you're going anywhere. Second epigraph comes from Martin Luther King Jr. That's the same Martin Luther King Jr. was in that paddy wagon for four and a half hours when he rode from Atlanta to Reedsville Prison. And Daddy King told me, he said, when Martin, my son, got out, he couldn't walk a straight line. The German shepherds had disoriented him so. He didn't know when he was going to be bitten. He didn't know when he was going to be pushed against the wall. He couldn't walk one line, and all he could say was, Daddy, this is the cross we must bear for the freedom of our people. That's the cross the slide was talking about. There is no serious sacrifice or burden that we have to bear that will not allow us to sustain our solidarity to create moments of interruption here and around the world in light of the war machine coming out of the U.S. Empire. Yeah. So it's not just a matter of how grand your vision and how splendid it is. It's not just a matter of how subtle and sophisticated your analysis. But if you're not willing to throw down, put your body where your words are. Brother Jim knows we've been to jail so many times with Carl Dixon and others. And what Martin said was, 
my own government is the greatest purveyor of violence in the world. When he said it, he'd already signed his death certificate. But he understood he'd rather be dead than afraid. He'd rather be a corpse than a coward. That's what we're talking about. Because the gangsters who run the American empire, they'll do anything to procure their profits. They'll do anything in the names of lies and crimes and mendacity and criminality to trivialize the suffering of precious brothers and sisters around the world, but who are disproportionately chocolate. And each life is equal. Each life has the same value and significance. Because I'm still an old school revolutionary Christian like Martin King. I believe that every human being, every baby, it could be a baby in Pal on the West Bank, it could be a baby in Argentina, it could be a baby in Ukraine. It could be a baby in Moscow. It could be a baby in Puerto Rico. It could be a baby in Guatemala. It could be a baby in Idaho. <laughs> Say that in the name of Ezra Pound. He's from Idaho. <laughs> Great poet, but fascist. <laughs> Things are complicated in the world. But the important point is that we have to have that kind of moral consistency and ethical constancy. It could be a precious, precious young Iranian sister dealing with suppression in Iran. It could be brothers and sisters in Mississippi. And that's where the third epigraph comes from. The last speech that Malcolm X gave outside of New York City, February 16, 1965, in Rochester. Went back to the city of Frederick Douglass. And then, oh, you get a chance to read that powerful speech. And what did he talk about? He talked about war. He implicitly invoked Carl Van Clausewitz, philosopher of war, and his text on war, published in 1832, the year after he died by his wife. He said, nobody wants to talk about war. He says, I've been in this struggle now for 12 years, ever since I got out of the prison, and I was in it before the prison, but I didn't know it was Malcolm Little. He said, there's been a war going on against indigenous peoples for 400 years. There's been a war going on against black folk in Africa, black folk in Rochester, brown folk in Mexico. And he added, a lot of people don't like to acknowledge this about Malcolm. Because Malcolm said, I'm not for the truth. Anybody who says it, I'm for justice. Anybody who promotes it. But I'm first and foremost a human being, a black man, and a Muslim. So that's about as humanistic as you can get with his own deep religious twist. And he said, we need to talk honestly, candidly about the levels of war. Because some of us come from a people who have had to have armor of spiritual and political and tremendous cultural power in the face of multi-layered wars. I'm a black man who comes from black people who for 400 years dealing with white supremacist bombardment 
every day mediated with predatory capitalist processes, shot through with male supremacists and homophobic and transphobic practices too. And if you don't get yourself together, you're going to give up real quick. You're going to cave in real fast. You're going to sell out and act as if you're in the vanguard for struggle for something bigger than just your narcissistic ego and agenda. Oh, that's what we're talking about. The wars of Cop City. Can't separate Mexican brothers and sisters trying to get into California from 1846, when the U.S. Empire stole half of Mexico. Some of them just coming home. They ain't got the memo yet. That was an illegal war. It was an immoral war. That's still Mexico. Absolutely. Even Ulysses S. Grant writes about it in the memoir. It was a phonious war, and he was in the war as a lieutenant and hadn't even become general in the Civil War yet. It's interesting how some of these folks begin to tell the truth after. You know, like the war, the war criminal Henry Kissinger. Well, we didn't have anything to do with Chile, you know. It just was accidental that they overthrew it, and they quit lying. Yeah. And then in the memoir, yeah, of course, the CIA was fundamental. It was fundamental, absolutely. They're going to say the same thing about Julian Assange. Oh, yes, exposing the vicious crimes of the American Empire. Same thing about Snoop. Same thing about Mumia Abu Jamal. Same thing about H. Rep. Brown El Hameen. Same thing about Leonard Peltier. Same thing about folk who told the truth. And sooner or later, truth crushed the earth will rise again. No lie can live forever. Oh, that's what we're talking about. So part of our challenge is to understand the backdrop. 1492, beginning of the Europeanization of the world when those small nations between the Euro Mountain and the Atlantic Ocean began to reshape the whole globe in their interests and in their image owing to their imperial power. And this contestation of those European empires leading toward what? The end of the age of Europe in 1945 with the most indescribable catastrophic consequences and most visibly in so many ways within Europe, the inability to come to terms with the precious Jewish brothers and sisters given the unbelievable anti-Jewish hatred that was unleashed. Yes. Not just by Nazis in Germany, there's a long history of it throughout Europe. Woo. Throughout Europe. And Europe ends up a divided, dependent deferential continent to two empires, the Soviet Empire on the one hand and the U.S. Empire on the other. And with now the Americanization of the world and with the American Empire in such unbelievable decline and decay, undeniable. Look on the streets. Social housing versus real estate development. Gentrification ain't nothing but Land grab and power grab, just another cycle of what an imperial project is all about. It's just urban. Yeah. Yeah. Look in the hearts and minds and souls of our fellow citizens wrestling with levels of despair and despondency with escalating suicides and escalating drug overdoses, making it difficult even to cultivate the very capacity to love. 
because love itself is a magnificent interruption in the history of the species given the history of lust and manipulation and domination tied to vicious forms of male supremacy and other such reality. One of the reasons why black people, one reason why black folk talk so much about love. When you've been hated like us, love is liberation. Love is emancipation. Love is subversive. Love is revolutionary. The beak bombarded for 400 years and told you have the wrong hips and lips and noses and hair pigmentation and told you less beautiful and less moral and less intelligent and then you still have to straighten your back up where you can't talk about peace unless you're talking about the presence of justice and justice is what love looks like in public. It is. Just like cultivating the capacity for intimacy, tenderness is what love feels like in private. You can't have a movement if you don't have tenderness and kindness in your solidarity, even as you have deep disagreements. And for some of us, we just want to make it soulful. I'm not talking about being on or off the beat. No, no. Our musicians are the vanguard of our movements. Musicians are the vanguard of the species. And they understand the soul ain't nothing but the sharing of a soothing sweetness against the backdrop of a grim catastrophe. That's what Strange Fruit is all about. Maripol's Jewish Brothers lyrics and the genius from Baltimore City, Billy Holiday, singing about catastrophe. Not a problem, a catastrophe. Looking for what? Justice. Tied to peace. And one of the sadder things during the Obama years, one of the reasons why so many of us who were critical of Brother Barack understood it was not just about policy. There was a time in which the black community was the most anti-war community in the history of the American empire, but here come Barack Obama dropping 71 bombs every day, 26,117 in one year in seven countries walking around with the Nobel Peace Prize. That's a key sweat moment. Something, something just ain't right. The lies, the dissonance, the hypocrisy of it all. What has that got to do with Ukraine, Brother West? Everything. Because if we're not talking about an anti-imperial vision and project, as my dear sister and others noted, if we're not talking about demilitarization tied to decommodification, tied to decolonization, leading toward wholesale democratization so that everyday people's voices can be lifted to shape their destinies to get the oligarchs and the plutocrats off of their back. That no matter how strong our anti-war movement is, we're going to go somewhere else. Because so much of this is precisely about human survival, as my dear That's what it's about. The self-destructive tendencies of the human species. We are a wretched species. Oh, that's pessimistic. No, no, no. That's, that's retail pessimism. I'm not, that's not wholesale pessimism. 
I'm a blues man. Blues not pessimistic, not optimistic. What is it? Prisoners of hope. Because you have to do something. Can't just talk about it. Sing your song. Engage in your practice. Create your solidarity. Sustain what you're trying to do. That's what we're talking about here. How do we demilitarize to keep track of the precious suffering of Ukrainian brothers and sisters but understand that NATO expansion not simply was a provocation but it's part and parcel of an overall pattern of U.S. imperial activity that's been going on for decades and decades and decades. Panama been invaded 22 times. What are we talking about? Cuba six times. What are we talking about? Haiti. Looks like there's going to be another occupation coming. Got to fight it. How do we keep track? Vision, analysis, not be overwhelmed by it, but like blues folk, look the catastrophe in the face and not allow it to have the last word. Oh, that's it. That's, that's it. That's it. B.B. King said, nobody loves me but my mama and she might be driving too. That's catastrophic. All the forces of the world and the cosmos against you and the one person you thought in your corner. Now that the whole planet has the blues, the whole nation has the blues, we don't learn something from the best of a blues people, we lose everything. The species Life on the planet, the sliver of democracy that's still limping along given the ways in which poverty and militarism and materialism and forms of racism and sexism and homophobia and transphobia and so forth are squeezing out the best of our democracy. And sometimes all you can do is do what our magnificent artists did to start this program is do what? Sing a song. Sing a song. Our precious Hasidic brothers and sisters used to always say, in the face of the morning of catastrophe, you weep, you're silent, and you sing a song. And I come from a tradition where the spirit will not descend without song. So in all of our analysis, and you've heard the data, 800 military bases, 85 countries, special operations, 160-some countries, 3,829 military units in the United States. China got one in Djibouti. Djibouti. But they supposed to be so imperialist. Ain't attacked nobody for hundreds of years. Now that doesn't mean that China doesn't have its repressive elites. I'm with my Muslim brothers and sisters when they mistreated the Yuga people. You got to be morally consistent. But Chinese imperialism pales in the face of the largest empire in the history of the species, 68th empire. There's been 70 empires since the empires emerged out of Africa. United States is number 68 and has done the most damage in treating human beings as if they do not matter how many precious Iraqis did we invade, occupy, kill, annihilate, and nobody says, not nobody, nobody in the powers that be say a mumbling word. 
reminds me of the unbelievable cowardliness of these same politicians. They can't say a mumbling word when 551 Palestinian babies are killed in 51 days and all you can talk about is Israel has a right to defend itself. Please. Where's your morality? Where's your spirituality? Where's your truth telling? Where's your care? What happens when it comes to your house? What happens when the catastrophe comes to your neighborhood and all of a sudden you want to be on the cutting edge of morality? That's, I hope, the raw stuff of this new moment of an anti-war momentum and possible movement. It takes a lot to create a movement now. You just can't call for it. You got to build it. But it has to be a moment within a larger anti-imperialist vision and analysis so that there could be possibly a new world. Thank you all so very much. Stay strong. God bless you. Keep it going. That was presidential candidate Cornell West speaking in Washington, D.C. on the evening of October 3rd at the True Reformer building on U Street in Northwest D.C. The next day, he joined a group of protesters at the Hart Senate Office Building, where 15 people were arrested for occupying the office of Senator Bernie Sanders and urging Sanders to withdraw support for sending more arms to Ukraine. Up next, activists gathered at an emergency vigil to support Cuba after its embassy was attacked with two Molotov cocktails. This is On the Ground. I'm Esther Averam. Stay with us. On the Ground is a totally listener-sponsored, supported show, and we are in need of your support. If you rely on the show, if you listen to the show, you come to look forward to what we are able to offer every week, please support us on Patreon at P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash on the ground show. And you can also give on our website through PayPal or other means if you want to send a check. All that information is there. But please, please support us. I want to thank our supporters on Patreon so much. And for those who are already supporting, if you can tell a friend who you know would love to sign up, we need the support patreon.com forward slash on the ground show or go to on the ground show.org. Thank you. I'm inspired by the strength of the people From the streets to the steeple We all equal inspiration Lo que me inspira es el poder de la gente Lo que usa en su mente para revolución hey. I'm inspired by the strength of the people From the streets to the steeple We all equal inspiración Lo que me inspira es el poder de la gente Lo que usa en su mente para liberación hey, yo, hey, yo. My heroes are young lords adored And ready to go to war In a society with racial anxiety Singing the blues of various hues and colors On the streets, people were killing each other So they 
coalition of brothers and sisters on a revolutionary mission. Now listen, they won't open with no crooked ass politicians. They made their own decisions based solely on their proposition. They had a 13 point program and platform. They knew that organizing was an art form that they could transform from college students and dorms into a militant organization with uniforms in the newspapers read. Liberación no muerte. Liberty of death to they last breath. Fighting for those that have less. So though we man stress, we still blessed. Still stay blessed. I'm inspired by the strength of the people From the streets to the steeple We all equal inspiración Lo que me inspira es el poder de la gente Lo que usa en su mente para revolución I'm inspired by the strength of the people From the streets to the steeple We all equal inspiración Lo que me inspira es el poder de la gente Lo que usa en su mente para liberación Ayo, ayo Estaba en un lado con la luz apagado Desde el hermano así sus palabras están enterrados Ves que la sangre de los incas, aztecas y mayas Lo llevan much higher Como Malcolm y Che Guevara Rebel categorized together equals liberty over the weather before it started forever. Somos soldados, lo llaman no malo, pero solo queremos que los niños crezcan y entiendan su lesson, no second guessing. Ahora es el tiempo. Yo no te miento cuando confrontamos problemas muy graves, los convertimos a animales. Oye, amigo, ustedes no quieren problemas conmigo. Uno solo hace lo que le da la gana y quien gana cuando un parte de gana no tiene nada. Repítalo. Uno solo hace lo que le da la gana y quien gana cuando la migra se lleva a mi hermana. I'm inspired by the strength of the people From the streets to the steeple We all equal inspiration Lo que me inspira es el poder de la gente Lo que usa su mente para revolución I'm inspired by the strength of the people From the streets to the steeple We all equal inspiration Lo que me inspira es el poder de la gente Lo que usa su mente para liberación Hey yo, hey yo Down, down, down at the blockade Down, down, down at the blockade Up, up, up with the people Up, up, up with the people we're out here today because last night there was a violent terrorist attack on the people of Cuba on behalf in a way that represents nothing but the terrorist capability of those who act in the interest of the United States. It highlights the utter hypocrisy of the designation of Cuba as a so-called state sponsor of terror, a title imposed by the United States falsely when we know that it's an utter lie. So today we're here as Americans, as people who live in the United States, as people who stand arm to arm, shoulder to shoulder with the Cuban people and with the example that they've shown as a revolutionary society, as a society dedicated to peace, as a society dedicated to health, as a society dedicated to progress in the, in the realm of familial relations, in the realm of women's liberation, in LGBTQ liberation, in racial liberation. We see that in Cuba, and that is precisely why the United States sees a country that should be treated as its neighbor, as nothing but a threat. Today, we're gonna have a few people uh, give a few words. So with, with that, I'd like to welcome up our friend and ally, Medea Benjamin who's a founder of Code Pink and an activist that needs no introduction. Well, I would like to say that it's nice to be out here today, but it's not nice to be out here today. It's actually terrible to be out here today. And I think that I, I can say this for all of us, that we are sick and tired of the violent haters who pretend that they are in favor of democracy. And that's why they really want to see change in Cuba, because they want democracy. 
but they are so against the whole concept of democracy, of free speech, of freedom of expression. Try living in Miami and doing this work in Miami to be supportive of the Cuban people. In the past, there have been offices blown up, but even today, people lose their jobs. People lose their places where they're living. When we go to the caravans in Miami, you never know when you go back to your car if they're going to be slashed tires. The last time I was there, three of my tires were slashed. These are violent people. These are people who we have to call out as being haters. These are people who are anti-democratic. This is the second time now in three years that this embassy has been attacked. The last time it was attacked by a drive-by shooter with an AK-47 and you can still see the bullet holes in the building and on the statue. And this time it's Molotov cocktails. This is reflective of the right-wing hating Cuban-American community that doesn't represent the majority of Cuban-Americans in this country because whether or not they like the Cuban government, they cannot be supportive of this kind of violence. They cannot be supportive of this kind of hatred. And of course, the real hatred and the real violence have been against the people in Cuba. Whether it's going back to talk about the civilian airliner that was downed, the hotels that have been blown up, and what the U.S. government has been doing is violence, violence, violence. Because let's be clear, it's not just Molotov cocktails or AK-47s that kills people. It is sanctions. It is this brutal blockade. And I am so ashamed of my own government. When you go to Cuba and you see how hard people are working to keep their healthcare system functioning. And in the midst of all these scarcities, where a country, Cuba, spends only $800 a year on its healthcare system per person, while the U.S. is spending $11,000 per person, Cuba has better healthcare statistics than the United States does. That's just remarkable. That's like a miracle. The fact that their life expectancy is longer than here in the United States. The fact that their infant mortality rate is lower than here in the United States. That is remarkable. Well, we should actually look at why that is. We should look at the system they put in place. Maybe we could learn something that healthcare shouldn't be for profit. It should be for people. But instead of trying to learn from what the Cubans have done, the U.S. government is trying to squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and make people's lives miserable. So we're here to say, stop the violence of the Molotov cocktail, stop the violence of the AK-47s, stop the violence of the sanctions, and stop the ridiculous, brutal keeping of Cuba on a terrorist list when Cuba is exporting doctors, not terrorism. It's the U.S. that unfortunately has been exporting terrorism around the world. 
So thank you for having me speak today. Thank you for coming out here so quickly. And let's say it together. Take Cuba off the terrorist list. Take Cuba off the terrorist list. Take Cuba off the terrorist list. Thank you. So I would like to welcome Dr. Samira Adri, who's going to read a statement for IFCO's Pastor for Peace. Thank you. It is, like Sister Medea said, an unfortunate event and a reason for us to gather here as a community that has always been in this fight, supporting Cuba, advocating for uh, the lifting of this blockade. We reaffirm and we know that each and every day we have to stay vigilant and we have to stay committed to this fight because Cuba remains the epicenter of the revolutionary struggle. And if we are not vigilant and we do not defend Cuba and her sovereignty, we lose the fight for a better future. Those of us who are struggling here in the belly of the beast look to Cuba as our example to keep fighting. For 60 years, for 60 years, the US government has been trying to slowly kill Cuba. And it's been so insidiously done that most people in our population here in the States have no idea what is happening. And it's the same policy that they are carrying out in all of the other countries that are under sanctions. The third of the world that is sanctioned by the United States government is dying insidiously through these policies. Nobody, nobody in this world should have to live with those indignities. That your economy should be blocked to the point where you can't access money to purchase food, medicines, basic needs of your population. Everyone has a right to determine how they want to live. And it is not for the U.S. government to decide how people should live. Yet this is what we, we are, this is the, the policy with which we are under, under this U.S. government. For 60 years, this has been happening with Cuba. And every day, I talk to people who have no idea. All they think about when it comes to Cuba is the missile crisis. That's the only thing they remember. And yet Cuba is out there in the world promoting health for all, promoting justice, teaching people in all corners of the world, raising the, the literacy rates of populations all over the world, trying to enable communities to be self-sufficient, to be able to produce for themselves, to be able to sustain themselves. And what are we busy doing in the United States? We are busy violently attacking people, violently exporting our ammunition, our police, our police in the form of military, we are exporting everybody. That's what we're busy doing. Right here in our own communities, we are under sabotage. And how can we continue to let this happen? It cannot, it cannot. And so that's why today I'm here representing Gail Walker and Pastors for Peace, who have been in this fight with you all for many decades. And we are here to say that this past Sunday evening, two Molotov cocktails were hurled at this embassy here, this Cuban embassy in Washington, D.C., and it is a clear act of terror and intimidation. This vicious attack took place after a week of powerful activities, as was already shared. We just had a week of thrilling, joyous activities, welcoming the Cuban delegation that visited New York City, and it was the whole U.S.-Cuba solidarity movement just together. Yet here we are. 
So we at IFCO Passage for Peace cannot and will not remain silent. We unequivocally condemn this blatant act of violence against our friends at the Cuban Embassy on U.S. soil. Let me just add, nowhere in the world is it allowed under international law for a diplomatic corps to be consistently attacked. Nowhere. And without the proper, the proper uh, procedures taken afterwards to acknowledge, apologize, we don't get that from the United States government when Cuban embassy is attacked. And it's been four times. We have been talking about what happened in 2020 and, and 2023 right now. But it happened in 1976. It happened in 1980. And the lives were lost. And here we are again. How many times is it going to take of abusing and allowing bullies to do what they like in the, in the so-called name of freedom of expression? How long is it going to happen? Under international law, it is a crime. And we cannot allow this to continue. This is the second violent act against the Cuban embassy in the past three years. Veteran diplomat Cuban ambassador Jose Cabanas and his team were threatened when a terrorist carrying an AK-47 shot up the Cuban embassy just over a mile away from the, the White House. IFCO Passes for Peace joins Cuba's friends across the globe in condemning this vicious attack and to demand a thorough investigation of this heinous crime. It is high time that the U.S. government refrain from sheltering such perpetrators and bring them to justice. Now more than ever is the time for all of us to raise our collective voices in solidarity with our brothers and sisters in Cuba. We invite each and every one of you to become a beacon of hope and sign the Let Cuba Live campaign. Help circulate the petition calling for Cuba to be removed from the state sponsors of terrorism list. Join countless slows across the globe as we stand shoulder to shoulder, unyielding in our support for Cuba. Let's show the world that love, unity, and justice will always prevail over hate. Let Cuba live. Let Cuba live. Let Cuba live. Let Cuba live. We are friends. We are family. We love the Cuban people. We don't love the blockade. We don't love what our government does in our name. So I want you all to do a chant with me. Cuba, amigo, el mundo está contigo. Cuba, amigo, el mundo está contigo. Cuba, amigo. Cuba, amigo. Cuba, amigo. Cuba, amigo. So our next speaker is Jacqueline Lukman from the Black Alliance for Peace. Give it up for Jackie. Thank you, comrades. So. My name is Jacqueline Lukman. I am the coordinator for the DC Citywide Alliance of the Black Alliance for Peace. And this big ass sign right here <laughs> has a very important statement that is at the core of what the Black Alliance for Peace believes. It says, not one drop of blood from the working class and poor to defend capitalist dictatorship. We understand what's being done by the US government is a part of that capitalist dictatorship that has been a part of U.S. imperialism that has infected the world. Understand that the people who carried out this latest attack on the sovereign soil of the Cuban people, of the Cuban government, of the Cuban nation, they are defending the capitalist dictatorship that the revolution in Cuba overthrew. 
understand that the people who have been trying to burn down this embassy, to shoot up this embassy, and to destroy the revolution in Cuba at the behest and at the thanks and at the celebration of the U.S. government, want that capitalist dictatorship in Cuba. Why? Because the revolution took the means of production, the resources of Cuba, and redistributed them to the working class and poor people in Cuba. That's why. Because Cuba is a socialist country where the government takes its resources and meets the needs of the people. They provide housing, they provide health care, they provide education. And here we are in this raggedy country calling itself a beacon of freedom and democracy for the rest of the world has a homeless population so big that cities can't even really count them. They really don't know how many people are truly homeless because they're not counting the people who are couch surfing. They're not pounding the, counting the people who are homeless, uh, insecure. They don't really know how many people in this country are hungry because they're not really counting all the people who are food insecure. They're not counting all the people who don't have health care can't afford health care because what's going on right now? Massive purges of poor people from Medicaid. Guess what don't happen in Cuba, y'all? None of that. And because none of that happens in Cuba, because the government takes care of its people's needs, takes care of its people's human rights, capitalists can't make a profit off of people's suffering. That's why this government has been wanting to continue to reinstate, to reimpose the capitalist dictatorship that the revolution overthrew, destroyed, and kicked out of the country. So the people who carry out these attacks on Cuba are the descendants of those capitalists who left the country when the revolution happened in support of the people. They're the people who want to be able to go back to Cuba and make the money off of working class and poor people's misery, their exploitation, to allow the capitalists to come in and rape the country for its resources, just like the capitalist dictatorships are doing in Haiti, just like the capitalist dictatorships are doing in Africa, just like they're doing in Colombia and in Nicaragua. Well, then they're not doing it in Nicaragua because there was a revolution there too. And the same government, this government, which I refuse to call my government because I didn't vote for these people. They don't represent me or my interests. They want to impose that capitalist dictatorship all over the world to exploit working class and poor people until they squeeze every last dime from the broken and bleeding bodies of humanity. That's why these people continue to attack the Cuban revolution, the Cuban government. They don't care if the Cuban people suffer and die because of these attacks. They say that Cuba is a state sponsor of terrorism. Oh, really? What government educated its people, developed five vaccines for COVID that were widely and openly accepted by the people and shared those vaccines for free with at least nine other countries? Cuba. That's right. Cuba is a state sponsor of terrorism. Which government was it that said about Haiti, they don't need 
an armed invasion. They don't need a military invasion. What they needed is, is an invasion of doctors and they need an invasion of millions and billions of dollars for their development. What country was that? Absolutely it was Cuba. Cuba is a sponsor, a state sponsor of terrorism. Which company, which country brokered yet another peace deal between Colombia and uh, rival groups in the country? What country was that? What country, if it's a state sponsor of terrorism, sends doctors who are trained to be doctors at the expense of the government around the world in response to natural disasters and catastrophes, world-renowned around the world just helping humanity. What country does that? Cuba. But what country has blocked those doctors from responding to Katrina here? What country has uh, uh, been behind the uh, attempted and proposed invasion of Haiti yet again? What country has uh, declared that it's going to continue its plan, Colombia, by continuing to support nine U.S. military bases in Colombia? What country is that? Cuba. The United States. What country keeps feeding Ukraine more arms? Exactly. So, so who's the state sponsor of terrorism here? It's the United States government. And the people they support in this country who would, who would carry out these kinds of attacks on the sovereign soil of Cuba. That's why we are here today. That's why we understand as members of the Black Alliance for Peace and as members of the Solidarity Network in support of Cuba, that this is not just an issue that affects Cuba. This is an issue that affects the entire Americas. And Cuba is the epicenter. So when we defend Cuba, we defend Colombia and the Colombians that put the progressive government in place. When we defend Cuba, we defend Haiti. When we defend Cuba, we defend Nicaragua and their revolution. When we defend Cuba, damn it, we defend the people in West Africa rising up against imperialism right now. So do not let these little sprinkles of rain dampen your enthusiasm for fighting not just for Cuba, but for fighting against the imperialist beast from the inside of the beating heart of imperialism right here. Let this be not just the a one moment in time. Let us continue our support of Cuba as Cuba continues to show the world what a state sponsor of humanity looks like. Thank you very much. I'm Jackie Lukebaum with the Black Alliance for Peace. And Jacqueline Lukman, a journalist and lead organizer for Black Alliance for Peace, will have the last word on today's show. She and others were speaking out in front of the Cuban embassy here in Washington on September 25th, one day after two Molotov cocktails were thrown onto the grounds of the embassy. There were no physical injuries in the attack, but those demonstrating demanded a federal investigation and that the Biden administration remove Cuba from the so-called sponsors of terrorism list which only tightens the illegal economic blockade that the U.S. has unilaterally attacked Cuba with for more than a half century. This is On the Ground, voices of resistance from the nation's capital. You can contact us, work with us, support us, and listen to all of our current and past shows on the website we maintain, 
onthegroundshow.org. If you like the show, let us know by liking us on Facebook, X, formerly Twitter, or a big thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash on the ground show. Or I also link to all of my shows on my Instagram page. That's Esther underscore Averam. I be like Victor E-R-E-M like Mary. You can write us at contact at on the ground show dot org. We'd love to hear from you and we would love to report on your comments on the air. You can also subscribe to our podcast on the ground with Esther Averam on all your podcast platforms, including Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Our podcasts, our social media pages, and website all have a protest sign with green lettering that says on the ground. The music we played this hour included Inspiracion by Conrado Maluk, and our theme music is Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. I'm Esther Averam. Until next time, take good care. And keep raising your voice. Peace. Sweet time. I'll give it right back to you. Oh, what is this? Show?